Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8, wherever you are, right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network. Maybe you're listening on the internet. Maybe you're listening from a different country. And we are just absolutely stoked that you are listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. We welcome you from wherever you are. And my name is Lawson. Sitting across from me is the wonderful, amazing Monica. Happy winter solstice. Is that today? Yeah, yeah. The shortest day. Shortest day of the year is here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, That's yeah. awesome. It's freezing. It's, it was cold yesterday. Yeah, it was, it chilly, was really. frosty. It's Hey, what happened with your teeth yesterday? I haven't even asked you yet. Yep. So, well, it all started when they threw the first punch. And then, nah, just kidding. Just kidding. Oh, just kidding. For a second there, I was like, I didn't know about this. Nah, so <laughs> essentially, this is my dilemma. So I have all my wisdom teeth in. Do you have your wisdom teeth in? On one side, yes. On one side, no. So all of my wisdom teeth are straight. And every time I go to the dentist for my appointment, you know, to clean my teeth and stuff, they x-ray my teeth. And I'm like, what, what are my wisdom teeth looking like? And they're like, no, they're straight. We're just going to let them grow. I'm like, okay, sweet. But that means once a year, they poke through. And as a result, my, like, because I've got three of them that are completely out and just one left. Oh, wow. And it's still, you know, shooting up. Wow. And so it'll hit the gum mm-hmm. and inflame the gum. Oh, okay. And okay, so okay. I woke up at 2 a.m. I went to bed. I was fine. Mm-hmm. Woke up at 2 a.m. And I thought I'd been punched in the face like 10 times. Because <laughs> oh. it, when, when it, like, it, it, the gum was so inflamed, it put pressure on the rest of my teeth. And, and I'm like, I can't even move my face. Yesterday I was speaking like a ventriloquist. Like, it was so funny. I was talking to Shell on the phone without moving my lips. It was, it was, it was hilarious. Um, but I got into the, the dentist. They were like, oh, we can't get you in till the 17th of July. And I'm like, excuse me. They're like, oh, someone just canceled. Do you want to come at two? <laughs> I'm like, Yes. <laughs> so they got you, me in, got my antibiotics, got my painkillers, and yeah. You got to come to uh, Vietnam with DJ Shell and myself, and we go to get our dental work done. That's dental <laughs> tourism, baby. Uh, I'm, so, I'm scared. I'm scared. That's, that's wild. Well, coming up in today's show, we are going to be talking about fake priests, Ooh. Korea, Uh-oh. and Utah. Are you sure? And how, well, we're going to see how we go. We're going to see how we go. I, I think I can squeeze all of those in. That's three whole stories, to it. guys. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And I was actually just uh, reading through, I wrote, I wrote a little newsletter for our, you know, the, the church conference, the church body as a whole, just about Faith FM. What oh. have we been up to? What have we been doing? And, you know, it was kind of like... Someone tell you what you've been doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, guys, Faith FM is a great radio station because <laughs> I'm on it. <laughs> what did they say? No, well, I actually, I sent it in at like 11 p.m. last night. Uh, I was supposed to send it in at 5, but I was waiting on our content manager, Robbie Bergen. I called him when he was... Shout out, Rob. He, he, was, he was driving down the freeway and I'm like, hey, bro, I need some info. And he's like, yeah, I'll send it to you when I get home. And I was like, sweet. And I didn't ri- realize that get home meant 11 p.m. <laughs> but um, hey, live, live your best life, Robbie. You know, kick goals. Yeah. Kill it. Hey, I've never actually met Robbie. Robbie. Oh, you dude. <laughs> Never Robbie's, even met him. Robbie's the best. You know, Robbie's my favorite boss that I've ever had in the whole wide world. I think I've spoken are on to radio him right now. I think that might be. <laughs> <laughs> are you worried he's listening? That's, that's why I'm saying it, man. Like, I've got to keep my job. Like, <laughs> 
Hey, you are listening to The Breakfast Show, and we're going to have our first quiz for today. Yes, it is a uh, really cool quiz this week because we are giving away the most amazing prize tomorrow. It is happening. Wait, is it Thursday today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm really thrown off by taking <laughs> off yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like Monday. Hey, we're giving away a beautiful copy, um, a beautiful Bible, Journal of the Word Reference Bible. It's an NKJV comfort print. It's uh, vegan leather, beautiful brown volume. Um, it has these gorgeous sort of coppery um, uh, finish on the edges of the pages, so it's really beautiful altogether. Uh, Words of Christ in red, it has satin ribbon markers, premium paper, end of page references, and those wonderful wide lined margins so you can actually journal it, hence why it's a journal of the word reference mm. Bible. All you need to do is get one quiz right. We've got 25 quizzes this week, five per day. All you need is one. Get yourself in for the prize draw that mm. happens tomorrow. Here is today's first quiz. What was the occupation of Shipra and Pua? Oh, okay. What was the occupation of Shipra and Pua? Oh, those guys doing. If you know, 0491-064-669. When I called up for my appointment yesterday at the dentist, I, I started saying, you know, they're like, oh, can we get a contact phone number? 0491. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Roll it back, roll it back, roll it back. so funny. <laughs> I'm expecting a text message now from your dental clinic. We have the results for you, Mr. Lawson. <laughs> but even, like, the tough thing is, is that now I'm starting to forget my own number. <laughs> like, it's really hard. Because it is well and truly tattooed on my brain. That's 0491-064-669. Monica, I know you've got good news this morning, but I couldn't think of... Anything that's good after the thrashing that New South Wales got last night. You know, to be honest, I, the news that I'm presenting today is maybe just more interesting than good news. Uh-huh. And hopefully potentially eye-opening for some people to get themselves on the road to healing. But mm. this is fascinating to me. And let me know if, if you follow me there. Oh, and let's also play that game. I'm going to tell you the story. You have to tell me what Bible, oh. what Bible verse I've been thinking of. Oh, oh, okay, oh, okay, Bible okay. Verse, okay. So tell me whether or not you relate to this. Have you seen this like on social media and, and on, online lately where people were making posts saying, oh, I love coming home at the end of the day and relaxing while watching a true crime series or listening to a, a crime podcast or something like that. Do you relax to watch to do- crime documentaries. I remember when it would have been 2021 and I fell down the rabbit hole of like listening to true crime podcasts and for a good three months I was like... Was it relaxing for you? I, I, I think it was just something to pass the time. Okay. So this is the big thing is that like I don't have nightmares or anything like that. Like really? I, don't, I don't... I dream probably once a month uh-huh. and so watching stuff like that or listening to something like that never has as obviously I think it affects you to some extent, but it doesn't affect me like like in a sense where it makes me like all anxious and nervous. Well, um, a lot of people, a lot of people, there's a culture now around uh, listening or watching uh, true crime yeah. uh, to relax at the end of the day, to unwind. Absolutely. And they've now done some studies and psychologists are warning that this is a yeah. massive red flag. Sure. Yeah, and I'm um, not surprising because I don't understand how people can <laughs> relax to this. It's really if I, interesting. If I watch anything crime related, whether it's uh, a TV show that fictionalizes it or a true I need to do that early in the day. So that by evening I've forgotten yeah. so I can sleep better. Yeah. But um, apparently, like, you know, there's stuff like on Netflix, they have like Monster, which is the story of Jeffrey Dahmer, um, yeah, you know, who's yeah. a serial killer and all these disgusting, horrible things. And, you know, there's stuff like Law and Order and this kind of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it yeah. turns out watching these violent or scary shows can actually be the sign of something more serious. Wow. So Dr. Thema, Thema Bryant explained that treating true crime shows as a way to relax before bed could mean that the trauma pr- 
portrayed in the series is familiar to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, and she said, if your she says this, if your idea of relaxing before you go to sleep is to watch three episodes in Law and Order, then I encourage you to think about why is trauma relaxing to me. That it, oh. that's what it is. It's harm, crime, violation, attacks, and and that's what is going to soothe me into my sure. bedtime. Sure. And um. And she said, some of us grew up in high stress situations. So people mistake peace for boring Mm. and trauma is familiar to them. And so it feels comforting. It feels like home to them. And, uh, and so she said, if you, um, she said, some of us grew up in high stress situations. Uh, and if it's like you come home to yourself and you have to lean into the discomfort because it's going to feel familiar for you. Does that make sense? No, totally. I think if I reflect and I look at my kind of pattern, I, I've never, gone for more as i said when i first got into like true crime and it was specifically watching youtube videos like Mm -hmm. about like uh like uh it'd be like a crime scene documentary or like a what's the word it would be an interrogation video right and with commentary over the top Mm -hmm. uh and i would be super into it i remember the first i was like three months like for the first two months i was like watching them every day and then like started getting less and less and less yeah and it comes in waves for me now i watch them for like two weeks like maybe one a day or one every couple of days. And Mm -hmm. then I just start getting really fatigued by it. Okay, I'm like, oh, this is just sad. Yeah, well, apparently the psychologists are seeing an increase in people coming in saying, why can't I stop watching like horrible stuff on television, like true crime, fictionalized crime, and they want help for it. And this is what they're finding that wow. it's because, you know, so many of us have gone through trauma as children. It's now our familiar, wow. it's our familiarity to us. It's, it's, it's almost like it's, it's become a comfort. Um, so since she's posted, this person's, this study has been posted, uh, people have been responding in the comments and there's some of them are saying stuff like, you know, for me, it's solving the crime or the puzzle. It's solving the problem. Another person wrote, the trauma isn't relaxing to me. It's the justice, the character, Characters or the real people often get that I never did in my own life, which that's mm. just so sad. And then a third person, third person has written, uh, it distracts me from the pain I'm feeling in my life. I don't like it. It just redirects my anger. It's also super tragic. Um, but a lot of them are saying uh, things like this. One person said, this really hits home. I used to watch so much chaos on television, but after working hard on myself for the past two years, I just can't anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Someone else said, okay, this is a real eye-opener. I used to love true crime, and now that I've been healing for over a year, year, it isn't even interesting to me. Yeah, I think definitely since I became a Christian, I remember it was really cool. I got to go to the Arise program, which was a Bible school, and for, you know, almost, uh, I'd say like three, four months, I was living up in Kingscliff. And while I was there, just like watching no movies, didn't watch mm. anything. And then working as a Bible worker as well, not really watching movies or anything like that. I remember I got invited by some of my friends to go and like to go to the cinema. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, I'll, I'll go along. They're like my, no, they were, they're, they're my Christian friends, some of them are Christian, some of them not Christian. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll go and, and hang out with them. Oh, it could be time well spent and get to know them better and, and, you know, whatnot and see where it leads. And we went to watch a movie and it was so violent. Oh. And it was like so – like I'd watched a movie in that at that point in like maybe eight, nine months. Mm-hmm. And I was just – it was – it was sensory overload. Like I was just so smashed. I was like, this is, this is wild. But yeah, I feel like we can get lulled into just that, oh, absolutely. that violence. Yeah, you get and, desensitized and, to it. Yeah. yeah. Hey, oh, you, you said guess a Bible verse. Yeah. Guess, do you know which one it is? Yeah. Well, the one that comes to my mind is like John three nineteen. 
which is like, this is the judgment that the light has come into the world, but men love darkness rather than light. Oh, that's really good. Wait, say it again. John three nineteen. Uh, this is the judgment that light has come into the world and le- men loved the darkness rather than the light for their deeds were evil. Mm, that's a good one, but it's not the one I was thinking of. What were you thinking Philippians of? Philippians 4.8. Oh, sure. Yeah, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good repute, is there anything excellent or anything worth your praise? Well, on these things. Yeah, you know, absolutely. You know, if you're having a hard time relaxing, maybe don't turn to crime to relax yeah. you. And if you are doing that and you recognize that that might actually be... Um, uh, you know, an indicator of, 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 you know, past traumas and maybe do get some counseling. Um, but yeah, do you know what? Try turning to God, try turning to the Bible. Absolutely. Get yourself some spirit of prophecy. I love Great this. Reading. John three nineteen is like identifying the problem. We love sin because yeah. we're sinners. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we love the most disgusting, ridiculous things ever. Yeah. But, Philippians 4.8 is, oh, well, how do we get out of that? Turn yeah. to Jesus. Amen. And you know what, might not even be the person's fault, but hey, still good opportunity to switch it up. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And we're going to have another quiz. We are going to have another quiz as soon as I can um, <clears throat> get myself together here. Which prophet told Jeroboam that he would rule over 10 tribes of Israel? This is a multiple choice question. I'm going to give you four options. Which prophet told Jeroboam that he would rule over 10 tribes of Israel? Was it A, Nathan, B, Elisha, C, Gad, or D, A, Ahijab? Ahijab. Ahijab, thank you. Yeah. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. What's our prize for this week, Monica? Uh, it's the Journal of the Word Reference Bible. Beautiful, beautiful brown imitation leather Amazing. with the copper pages. I'm going to give you that quiz again. Which prophet told Jeroboam that he would rule over 10 tribes of Israel? Was it A, Nathan, B, Elisha, C, Gad, or D, Ahijab? Ahijab. I, 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 I usually say Ahijab. Ahijab. You know, maybe people... Ahijab. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. You guys been a little quiet this morning. Hey, wake up! We know it's cold. We know you know you're struggling. Maybe they really said it's the winter solstice day. It's the shortest day. I'm just no. I'm just not going to. Everyone stay in bed. Yeah, <laughs> I'll sleep through this one. It's too short. To get it's up so for. short that <laughs> there's like no there's no point even participating. Hey, I'm all for it. Let's send in your bed. answers. Also, send in if you're celebrating this morning, if you're lamenting this morning, or if you don't care about rugby league. Just just let us know. Hey, where are you from? Yeah, I'm that last. You're one you're from right Queensland. There. You're from New South Wales, dude. The Blues last night, like New South Wales, got just thrashed. Like it was, it was like watching like a war crime unfold before your eyes. Like this, this is not okay. Carnage. Yeah. Hey, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is our number to call or text. Now, I said at first I was going to talk about face fake priests. You know what I should have added in there as well that would have just made it even more subversive? What tacos? <laughs> because this story is coming out of a taqueria. In the United States. Now, that is the word. I'm for- sorry. Is the, it, the fake priest and the tacos are related? Yes. Yes. This is going to be so good. So, a taqueria, the, the particular taqueria called Taqueria Jaribaldi, which is essentially, this is, this is, a taqueria is just like the really famous Spanish word for a taco stand. Okay. But uh-huh. it's like, that's how you can identify if your tacos are really legit or not, if they use that word, taqueria. So, we have one. Of those in the entirety of Newcastle, uh, we have one taqueria and they make the best Mexican food. It's my favorite Mexican spot and it's really good and it's super authentic. Well, there's one of these ones in the States and they hired a fake Catholic priest to encourage the employees to confess their sins to it. 
What? So, so this taqueria is obviously staffed mostly by Mexicans, and Mexicans are mostly Roman Catholic. And now uh, this taqueria has gone, okay, what's a way that we can, you know, increase, increase productivity and, um, you know, weed out uh, workplace you know, issues? Oh. We're going to hire a priest uh-huh. that, that works for us, but not a real priest, a fake priest. So he can dob on them. And, yeah, it, 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 entirely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, wow. So basically they've got the, they've got, they get their workers to tell the priest all the d- naughty stuff they've been doing at work. Yeah. Like, oh, I check my Instagram when I should be like frying yeah. meat or something. Like, oh, I... Sh- I uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> then- I don't wash my hands before I chop the lettuce, <laughs> that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And then the priest tells the company, who, by the way, isn't a priest. Yeah, which wow. Which is like... So let, let's, let's explain this a little bit more. So the litigation was brought by the US Department of Labor as workers testified to, what was going on. I have something really controversial to say, but go on. Okay. and But it continues. Um, the lawyers uh, had encouraged... Like, their, their lawyers... Yeah, had encouraged the... Like, they explained to the US um, Department of Labor that the company encouraged them to confess their sins to the priests, especially, they claim, when it came to work-related sins. So the priest would be there and the the priest would be like, Oh hey, you know, you know, did anything go down at work? Da 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 da. Um one worker described being asked if they had ever stolen from the company by the priest. Oh wow. Um but also they found that employees were threatened with deportation if they testified against the company. Oh wow. So this is just like a whole How'd they find out? Mess. Uh, ultimately the 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 workers got together hired lawyers went to the US Department of of Labor mm-hmm. and uh and brought a case against them. Uh and again, threatening with deportation that starts to make me think I'm like either these guys are on like relatively new visas or they're potentially illegal immigrants and it's super difficult space spot to be in for them. Uh but I think what's even worse is hiring a fake priest. I don't know, have they really done anything that wrong? Do you Okay. Oh, okay. Do you know why? Controversial. What do you think? Well, they've hired someone to stand in the place of God and pretend that they can forgive the sins, but Uh that's literally what the Catholic Church does every day. Yeah. So I was going to say this. You subvert this problem completely Mm -hmm. by confessing your sins to Jesus. That's right. Which is what the the Bible tells us to do. I think it is a little bit offensive, though, because from the perspective of these these Roman Catholics, like this is a part of their system of worship, Mm -hmm. and imagine imagine like like for us we say okay we confess our sins to jesus and we rely on the bible alone and imagine being like i don't know maybe like a child or something and you're given a bible by someone and then that bible is like oh yeah this is the bible but then it turns out that you you're reading it and you're like yeah this is the bible but it's actually like green eggs and ham by dr seuss or something (laughs) like that but you're like you don't know better and so you've just been convinced that that's what it what it is, um, and so like I'm not saying that for like I think in this situation it's been a lot more covert and a lot more sneaky um, to hire someone and just say hey pretend to be a Catholic priest so that you can get them to confess their work sins. Like at the end of the day, that is hugely abusive. Trickery it, from anyone's part isn't great. Yeah, that's right. And if it was Catholicism or if they used you know other religious means, whether it was through Islam or another form of Christianity, I don't care. It's just like. 
ultimately using religion to to hurt people and it makes people think worse of religion like i i think when it comes to these kinds of stories people looking from the outside would look at a situation like this and say like oh well you know that's that's what happens when you tell a priest all your problems and why would why would you even do that like uh, particularly from the perspective of, of maybe an atheistic perspective or whatnot i, I think it just makes god look bad mm. ultimately and they've just used something that's so dear and sacred to these people to ultimately abuse them and hurt them. Now, the Catholic diocese uh, in Sacramento came out and were like, we don't know this person. Like, we have no connection to this man. We have no idea who this is. So, yeah, just a really, really interesting story. Let us know what you think. 0491-064-669. Oh, man, I said I had two more stories to get through. I'm not going to be... Okay, we're going to skip Korea for now. Oh, come we'll, on. We'll leave that for yes uh, for, for tomorrow. But I will talk about Utah because we okay. talked about on the show how a ban um, of the Bible had been put forward in Utah, in Utah schools, uh, as, yeah, lawmakers had essentially suggested that the Bible was too graphic and pornographic for children to be able to read. Mm. And we talked about it on the show. Yeah, we're we like, do, but the yeah. Bible doesn't even really con- contain, it, porn. Con- contain yeah. porn or explain. Yeah. It's like talks about people dying and whatnot. But again, it's like, do you throw out the whole subject of biology because there's aspects of biology that you shouldn't teach yeah. to, to young children? Mm-hmm. The answer is no, you should teach young children about their, their funny bone and their finger bones and their, you know, all this stuff. And in the same way, you should teach people about God's, you should teach these kids about God's love mm-hmm. and how much God cares and the story of Jesus. And it's like, oh, when, when it's more in a, in a more appropriate time, you share with them what's appropriate to them. Now, this banning of the Bible has been overturned as a result oh. of 70 separate complaints that had come in from the, uh, come into the Davis School District. Praise the Lord. And people were just like, this is, the, as we were talking about on the mm-hmm, radio, they're mm-hmm. like, this is the most ridiculous thing ever. Like, are you, are you guys silly? Like, again, it's also banning a form of history as well. That's right. It's saying that history can't be observed. As We believe the Bible is a historical book, and the reason we believe that, there's a plethora of reasons why, why you could believe that. But uh, the Bible, you know, is very self-verifying uh, in that sense, you know, giving dates and times and talking about real historical figures that we have verified to exist. And if you take it away from, you know, a child's ability to learn, to be able to, to read the Bible, um, it's like, okay, you know, covering up history. But then simultaneously, yeah, you also take away a kid's ability to get to know Jesus and get to know God um, and for them to make that choice. <laughs> You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And we are going to have another clue for the quiz. In 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 1, love builds up, edifieth, as it says, but what does knowledge do? Love builds up slash edifieth, but what does knowledge do? In uh, 1 Corinthians 8, 1. 0491 Zero four nine one zero six four. Did you just give your personal number? Six six nine. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. But hey, if you know the answer to that one, try trying to answer this without looking it up. If you're a regular church attendee, if you're going once a week, you know, to church every every weekend, then try not to look this one up, but rather 
yeah, just just try and just try and know the answer uh, and guess. But if you're not a regular ch- a ch- church attendee, we want to give you a, a little bit of leeway and say, hey, we'd love you to get into the Bible. So it's from First Corinthians eight one. Love builds up and edifies, but what does knowledge do? Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. We've come to the time in the show in which we do an interview, and we have on the phone none other than our favorite agriculture man, Rod Bailey. Rod, are you there with us? Hello. Oh, we've got uh, we've got some got some. He's in the garden, isn't he? He's gone he... outside. Rod, are you there with us? Oh, I'm certainly here. Oh, oh there amazing. he is. There he is. There he goes. Rod, how are you going? Going really good this morning, thank you. Oh, amazing. How, how have you guys been uh, feeling the cold up in? You're in the near Port Macquarie, right? Yeah, yeah. We're about um, thirty minutes inland from uh, Port Macquarie. Look, the last. Three- Mornings have been pretty chilly. I think yesterday, mate, yesterday morning was probably a minus three degree frost. Uh-huh. Um, so not super cold, but we're back warm again this morning. We're definitely above freezing. So uh, yeah, lovely, lovely winter weather we've been experiencing. Ah, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it hasn't been that rainy here either. Just cold and clear, and you know, just classic. Fantastic. Fantastic winter weather. Now, what what has been going on in in your your garden, in your space, in your work? Just doing amazing agricultural. How's the year foods? of millet going? <laughs> <laughs> I've been we telling so many people about the year of millet, and they all think I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, the year of millet continues to roll on. I'm just wondering if anyone's uh, tried millet you know, for porridge or anything since we talked last. But Lawson, to answer your question, um, yeah, look, this is a fantastic winter season for us. You know, obviously Mm. things, their growth rate slows down because there's less light, um, each day. I think, I think today is actually our shortest day for the year, June 22. Mm. Um, and, um, yeah, it's all downhill from here as it gets hotter and hotter. No, that's not true. (laughs) I, I, I just, as you know, I love autumn and winter. Um, so Mm. in the garden, yep, we're continuing to, uh, uh, roll on with our succession planting. Um, mm. I've got some experimental cucumbers happening here. Um, um, never grown cucumbers during through winter before, and uh, we're ha- having a go, and they're growing nicely. Maybe I'll t- tell you about them in detail next time we're together. Uh-huh. Uh, but, yeah, exciting. Um, not this Sunday past, the Sunday before, we're involved in what's called the Hastings Farmgate Tour, um, which happens every year, and I think 30 or so farms and um, urban gardens opened up to the public this year. And um, we had about 260 people come and visit us on the Sunday, um, which was fantastic, getting the, you know, hopefully inspiring people to to, uh, garden in their backyards or their front yards. And, um, yeah, and then on the Monday we had, I think, about 65 people come to a home gardening workshop. Um, Mm. We're doing that once a month for the next six months. So, no, life is fantastic. Absolutely. Now, when it comes to running these types of workshops, is it is it really just getting people in there, you know, teaching them how to plant, water, cultivate, all of these types of things? Yeah, so um, this this series is designed to go from go to woe with establishing a home garden, basically. So um, in the first one, uh, we, we talked about um, siting of gardens, um, you know, where on the property to go. 
all the considerations, you know, sunshine, air, access, all sorts of things, as well as about all the different types of gardens um, that people could get into, um, et cetera, et cetera. So we really laid the foundation of, of the design or the siting of a home garden, mm-hmm. and then we started getting into more of the practicals. And uh, and we have a, a feature crop and a feature pest each each um, each seminar uh-huh. to, you know, we started off with lettuce. Lettuce is probably the easiest thing to grow, so et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so and each workshop just adds more and more components to, yeah, the home gardening experience to I, give people the knowledge and the skill they need. I really wish I'd gone to these workshops, Rod, because oh, can you please give me some advice for my garden? I just, I just don't know what I've done wrong. I, I tried so hard and I just... I don't understand why there's not poppies and pretty flowers everywhere. I, I, I put okay. so many in there. Your forlorn garden patch. So, <laughs> My little patch. I, I, I think last time we talked, I suggested we might talk about um, ways to stimulate my, microbiological life. Oh, that'd be oh, wow. great. Because I think that's really the key here. Um, you know, to get those microscopic critters living and reproducing and doing their god or dane jobs down there, which really... <laughs> Uh, their job is to prepare soil conditions um, to support plant life that supports human life. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the easiest ways to go about that is to um, make compost out of your garden wastes and food scraps. Oh. Um, and we should we should take a whole segment talking about the basics on how to do that. But compost is super rich in microorganisms um, um, because it's them that, that is eating um, your food scraps and your your garden waste and um, breaking them down into smaller and smaller compounds mm-hmm. and you know that's what causes the heat the compost to heat up and and, oh. and do the whole thing which is fantastic but another thing you can do is buy compost mm-hmm. um, not sterilized stuff that you buy in bags by law when when compost makers and you know uh, what do you call potting mix makers, um, bag stuff. They've got to sterilize it to kill all the the critters in there, um, oh. which makes it pretty useless when you're trying to um, stimulate microbiological life. So um, most councils these days have a composting facility where they compost green wastes. Um, depending on your council, you can mm. front up there with a trailer, you know, or a wheelbarrow and get, get compost for your garden. But you really awesome. need... Or you can go to landscape supplies. Um, yeah, but usually in even your sorry little garden patch, Mon, mm. um, there's, there's usually biology already in your soil. Okay. Okay. So our job is to encourage them to have babies, mm-hmm. to grow the populations. Mm. And what you need to do as a gardener is to orchestrate the conditions in the soil to their benefits. Mm. Okay. You get, a, you get in there, do some marriage counselling, you know. <laughs> yeah. Help them to, to move forward in their romantic relationship. Conducting. You know. Okay, okay, Lawson, settle down. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm training to be a pastor, not a gardener, eh? Like, I love this. Down low. <laughs> I, love, I love this. Okay, so two microbiology basically needs four things to thrive, okay? Um one is one is air. Okay. Mm-hmm. So 
you can take the old biblical injunction to break up your fallow ground. So what we do in our commercial organic garden to, to stimulate biology, and I think this is the most effective thing, is to get air down into the soil. And we just do that by forking our soil. Okay. We, we use a garden fork and we poke it in and we just crack the soil. You don't need to turn the soil over, you just crack the soil. Mm. And what that does is allow... Um, greatest, greater opportunity for the air to infiltrate down into the soil. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That turns your soil what we call aerobic. Okay. So that means there's plenty of air in there and these aerobic bacteria can take off. Okay. The other thing this does is dramatically increase the surface area, um, on all the soil particles. Okay. And it gives bacteria shelter or space to live. You know, okay. when, when, when the soil's kind of broken up, there's more surface area and so there's more opportunity for the bacteria to actually live. You know, you kind of like create apartments for them, mm-hmm. you know, where they hang out and live and reproduce. Okay, wow. so, so simple forking of the soil can really, really help. Okay, uh-huh. yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Second point is you need to keep the soil moist. Okay. Now, w- we know that dry plants tend to die, right? Yeah. Mm. And it's the same with the soil microbiology. Uh, dry soil will just kill the biology, all right? So you're really impacting the, the population numbers there. So just keep the soil moist, mm. all right? The third thing is biology needs something to eat, okay. all right? And, and uh, you know, there's this whole food web thing happening in there where this one's eating this one and this one's eating this one mm-hmm. and all the rest. Mm-hmm. But, but the basis of all that life pretty well is is carbon, all right, mm. or, or um, and and one way you can really kickstart the your, your populations is to feed them sugar. Oh, okay. so sugar is mm. a really simple carbohydrate, right? Mm-hmm. Carbohydrate means carbon, hydrogen, oxygen put together. Mm. And if you feed simple sugar, the the bacteria particularly, which is at the bottom of the food chain pretty well, um, they will just say thank you very much and gobble that up and um, and off they go having babies, marriage counselling besides the point. <laughs> Man, um, They've got the baby what they need. So mm-hmm. um, you can do that. You can just get white sugar or bland sugar and mix a bit up in some water and spread it out. I actually use molasses oh, if wow. I need anything like that. So I just mix it up and you can just kickstart the population. Okay. In that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do that today. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I've just been sitting here thinking the whole time about spiritual applications of this. You know, firstly, getting the biology to, you know, all the microbiology to congregate together and then giving them water, you know, giving them life, a symbol of the Holy Spirit, giving them things to eat, a symbol of the Word of God. This is like, I, I totally understand why Jesus uses planting and sowing um, and reaping yeah. as an illustration because so this true. is this is so much along with, you know, how we, how we live life now. We connect with God, which is amazing because we can see that can, creation is really organized into a way in which God has, has uh, you know, identified its boundaries. And if we encourage those good and healthy relationships and give it the food and the water and the sugar and everything that it needs uh, and, you know, congregate these microbiologies together, um, then things grow. That's awesome. I, I used the term um, before where I said we need to orchestrate conditions. Oh. Mm-hmm. And that's our role as gardeners, you know, in the sense we, we're just a little bit of this, a little bit of that to encourage that growth that we're mm-hmm. talking about. And, um, you know, that's, that's, that's what God's doing in our lives as well, isn't he? He's, you know, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit 
is active, orchestrating yeah. um, things to our benefit. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You can't force these micro, you know, biology, you know, these these microorganisms to do anything. You can't just like yell at the ground and say, "Hey, do this," you know, "do that." Like they're not going to listen to you because that's where I'm going wrong. <laughs> we we can't do it as gardens. All we can do is orchestrate or manage things to their benefit so that they can they can thrive. That's exactly right. Absolutely. Hey, can we? Oh, sorry. Go for it. Go on. Go on. I was going to say, do we have any time to to talk about the current CO two crisis that is happening? Because that would definitely be affecting plants and and you know microorganisms and whatnot. Can Can we leave that to to another time? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm keen to get you back on. So because I, I think that that needs a, a length of discussion that the sure. few minutes we've got left. Um, so let's. So we're talking about stimulating the biology, right? Yes. Giving you a few on how to do that. But the the real key, uh, there's there's a missing jigsaw piece um, in order for this these populations of biology to really thrive, and that is a plant root. Oh. Okay. Okay. So God's God's designed what's happening in there. Um, this we, we use the term symbiotic relationship. Okay, mm-hmm. but but recent, I, I just need to tell you this story. Okay, mm-hmm. because. In the last eight or ten years, our understanding of what's going on in the soil has just it's 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 blowing our minds. Now mm. I, I just want to talk to you briefly about what's called the rhizophagy cycle. Oh mm-hmm. wow. You know, a decade ago, um, these new microscopic equipment was invented. It's called the confocal laser scanning machine, right? Mm. What this has revealed to what's happening down in with the bacteria and plants and stuff is incredible. Um, what we've found is that plants eat bacteria for nutrients. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay? This was discovered in, in Queensland, University of Queensland. Okay. And th- what happens? Plants are kind of like sheep farmers. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Just... Just think about a sheep farmer, right? Mm-hmm. What plants do is maintain flocks of thousands and thousands of microbes. Okay, yeah. Now, let me just explain it. Okay, so imagine in your mind this this growing point of a, a root of a plant, like it's microscopic, right? Right down near the end where, where this little plant is growing, growing, growing and pushing its way through the soil. It's called the meristem, right? Mm-hmm. And the plant rounds up microbes out of the soil and takes them inside the plant root root okay Mm. it's like they they take them into the yards yeah like the yards okay and in there the plant exudes this thing called super super superoxide and it like shears off the bacterial walls of the the walls of the bacteria oh wow right It, it chemically takes the um the cell wall off all right and mm-hmm. then the plant says thank you very much for those nutrients and absorbs wow. them and use them all right and then in response the bacteria produce nitric oxide to protect themselves and what was that word nitric oxide mm-hmm. okay so they're making nitrogen available to the plant mm-hmm. all right and then the plant causes the bacteria to multiply to have babies while they're in the root of the plant, right? They're still in there. Wow. And then 
then the plant grows this tiny little root hair out the side of the already tiny root. And then it runs the flock of bacteria out that tiny little root hair back into the soil, like back out to the pasture Mm -hmm. to go and eat and get ready for next season's shearing. That's amazing. Wow. And then the bacteria go back out into the soil and they go grazing in the soil. They regrow their cell walls, like they're taking in nutrients, and they continue to multiply in the soil. And then once they fatten up, the plant rounds them up again and their babies, takes them back into the merry stem corrals, okay, and they shear them again and harvest the nitrogen again, and then they put them back out into the soil. Wow. That is incredible. Yeah, it's insane. You know, and and the back. There's a single round trip by a bacteria, you know, into the root, get shorn, get put back out into the soil, and then go back into the root again. Mm-hmm. It takes just a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Isn't that amazing? That's incredible. That is amazing. We see and, these and so, models sorry? and these systems that are just running right throughout creation. We see, I, I love that, that symbiotic relationship where they're, then, they're both just working in harmony together and benefiting. It is to benefit us. Yeah, to be- they're benefiting each other by giving themselves, and that ultimately benefits us because we get to eat yummy food. <laughs> That's and so, so incredible. The, the last part is the, the important part of the um, of the jigsaw puzzle, Mon, for your mm-hmm. little garden, mm-hmm. is, is to add add living plants. And mm. and what I'd really suggest is that for a period of time, you you use a cover crop. Okay. Okay green manure crop. So mm. go along to your local rural store or feed store um, and, and, and get a winter, what we call a mi- winter mix. And that might have fenugreek or lupins or oats or rye or vetch or mustard greens and, you know, and, and spread that out. So all you got to do is scratch up the soil in your garden bed, um, maybe soak the seed overnight before you sow it, then mm. rake it in you know, and keep the soil moist and voila, they'll grow. And if the weeds grow with them, that's okay. And then when, you, when you're ready, you knock it all down. You can mow it or whip snip it or machete it or <laughs> use your scissors, just drop it on the ground. And I've found one of the best ways to incorporate into the soil, you can either dig it in with a rotary hoe or with a fork or whatever, or you can just put some black plastic over it oh. and all all of those little bacteria and all those critters will get in there and they'll just incorporate it into the soil and they will proliferate as they go and your garden bed will be rich, microbiologically rich and ready to put your, what were they? Poppies. Poppies and, <laughs> and things in it, yeah. Oh, Amazing. thank you so much. I'm, I'm going to go do this today. Rod, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.